the thing that's been really puzzling people for God centuries is that they have all these different types of cancer, arthritis being one of them. And they talk about all these different types of arthritis, same difference, because the, uh, the thing that rheumatoid arthritis and, and osteoarthritis have in common, they're aneuploid, which means they do not have the normal balanced set of 46 chromosomes it, it, that human cells do. Good evening and welcome to the Biology of Business. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of being joined again by David Rasnick. I know certainly he has massively informed me about what cancer is and isn't and actually taken away an awful lot of fear about what it may be and put a lot of empowerment in terms of how an individual can go about uh, helping themselves. And today, David's joined us back again to talk about arthritis. And if you thought cancer turns your beliefs on its head, then uh, arthritis surely will too. Because, David, welcome. We are all indoctrinated with these definitions of osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, which you just blow out the water. Well, Kate, it's a pleasure to be with you again. Uh, I always enjoy it talking with you. We have this nice conversation. Uh, I guess I'd better tell folks a little bit about my background, uh, what I know and what I don't know about arthritis. Uh, uh, I, I'm a chemist. I worked in the pharmaceutical biotech industry for about 20 years. And I've worked on, uh, I left the uh, uh, pharmaceutical industry for good in 1996. And I've uh, been working on cancer research independently, not, not as part of a company or anything since 1996. And I've written a book on it. Go to my website, you can see that. Uh, the book, you can even download a PDF of it for free. Um, and uh, I, when I first started uh, back in the uh, 1980, 1980, actually, my first little biotech company uh, in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, I started working on arthritis, uh, emphysema, parasites, cancer and eventually AIDS and met it in the mid eighties because AIDS was a big deal back in the eighties. All right. And uh, I'm a chemist, um, biochemist, uh, organic chemist, and I have degrees in biology too. All that stuff sort of works together. And in other words, I understand the lingo, but I'm primarily experienced as a chemist uh, and I, and also as a biochemist and I know enzyme kinetics and and I know a lot about clinical diagnostics and about pharmaceutical development and drugs. That's what I did a lot. And uh, so I'm not an MD, I'm a PhD. I'm not an MD, I'm not a physician. I've never uh, worked with patients. I don't know a lot about arthritis per se, other than what the people that I collaborated with back in the 80s did. Uh, all those different areas, arthritis, emphysema, parasites, cancer and AIDS. Initially, I was the chemist working on trying solutions for the uh, sort of the experts in those other areas that, that knew their end. And then they had some enzymes that they wanted inhibitors for, it, that uh, these tissue destroying enzymes. One of the things that are common among uh, uh, arthritis, uh, uh, emphysema, parasites, uh, and cancer, or these are all dis destruction, destructive diseases or tissue destruction involved. And, uh, so I was, uh, expert on, uh, tissue destroying diseases 
from the molecular or chemical uh, perspective. And I knew what the targets were, the, 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 uh, the enzymes per se that were doing the destruction. Most of these were proteases because most of the targets and barriers that had to be destroyed were proteins like in arthritis, articular cartilage lines, the joints, that very, very smooth material in the joints and, and the collagen that's made of collagen, a very, very tough protein that uh, anybody who's, uh, that's gristle, basically. Anybody knows what gristle is. Very, very tough stuff. It's hard to cut with a knife and pull it apart. And yet these enzymes, uh, these uh, enzymes can cut it like a pair of scissors in there, like a scalpel. Some of them are very precise, only one little place. Other ones will go in there, nibble at it all over, and other ones will just sort of devour it like crocodiles. And so I made inhibitors for those enzymes. For, for these very, very various things. And um, so when I was working on arthritis, I wasn't working, and I was working on cancer too, but as the chemist looking at the enzymes involved, accepting the story that the experts in arthritis or cancer or emphysema were, were telling me, you see. And, and, and so, uh, so I... I, I really did not work on arthritis beyond making inhibitors for it, understanding the, uh, the geometry of, of what was going on in the joints. And it, it, I think probably for your listeners, I should show, uh, share a, uh, picture of the joint of a healthy joint. And uh, you tell me how to go about sharing and I'll do that. Yeah. If you click share screen at the bottom, I've enabled it at this end. So you should be I, able to, I see it there. There is share screen. All right, and it's going to be. But all I want is just this one thing. You got my, no, you good. You're showing only the image of the joint, right? Not my desktop. No, we can just see the image of your joint. Uh, good, perfect, because the desktop is too confusing. <laughs> all right, that, that's great. Um, this is the schematic of the joint. You see, uh, you know, your fingers, uh, that you bend your joints on your fingers, your elbows, your knees, your toes. Uh, they pretty much have the same structure. You have the bone that provides the sturdiness. So you have the top bone up there and the bottom bone of the joint. Uh, and that's right in the middle. Then you see, uh, can you see my little pointer mm -hmm. on there? Does it show as a cross or, or as an arrow? Yeah, it's a cross. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a pity it's a cross because, uh, the arrow shows better. Anyway, that's it. And. Bonus above, I don't know how to adjust, but make my pointer different or worry about it for now. Then you have the bone below, and then you have this white. This is the articular cartilage. That's where the collagen is. These really, really tough proteins right there. They're very, very smooth. And then down below, you also have this collagen. And then you see this blue area, this little blue area, the tiny little blue strip that separates the, the bone uh, and the cart cartilage at the top and the bottom. And that's the synovial cavity. It's full of synovial fluid. It has proteoglycans, which are very slippery proteins. And they, they, they're sort of like lubrication in the joint. You have the articular cartilage itself is extremely smooth, tough as it can be, and very, very smooth. And, and, uh, at, and the bone does not touch the top bone of the joint and the bottom bone of the joint do not touch. They have this space in between 
in that articular, uh, 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 the uh, synovial cavity with the synovial fluid in there, in the proteoglycan, like lubricant. And that's why your joints work so well. You don't feel anything. You don't hear any noises when you got healthy joints. And uh, this is all fine and good. Now let's look at look to the left and to the right, either one, where you see, the, again, the synovial cavity was that blue area, and that blue is the, is the synovial fluid. And then you see this, this very thin little blue line there. That's the uh, joint capsule with the synovial lining. That synovial lining is very, very important. It's your, normally only one to two cells thick, a healthy joint. Believe it or not, it's only one to, to two cells thick, and they're sort of loose in there. These cell, cells provide the nutrients and the, 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 and support the healthy joint, the, the, uh, the synovial cavity and the fluid and everything. That's a, those are normal healthy or normal healthy joint. Now, what happens in arthritis is these, this, uh, this, uh, uh, the capsule there where you have the synovial lining, that dark blue line there, where you have those synovial cells, they start proliferating. And they become what is called transformed. Now, to anybody who's ever worked in uh, cancer, transformed means the cell is no longer what it used to be. It turned into something else. And uh, and in cancer research, it, it means either a precancerous cell or or an invasive cancer cancer cell or tissue. And what you see in all cases of rheumatoid arthritis is this transformation of these cells, those one to two little cell thick uh, in the uh, synovial, uh, 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 that, that, uh, synovial lining, those cells there. And they start proliferating. In other words, they start dividing in, and they, they clump together. And that's by the fact that they're changing how they qualitatively look and behave, that is the transformation process. They don't explain what they mean by transformation or how it comes about. They just say it's different. They're multiplying out of control. Does that sound familiar? Cancer cells? Well, yes, that's what cancer cells do. Now, these, these start out as precancer cells. If they, if they reach a barrier, if they reach a barrier, they'll stop dividing, even though they, they are precancer cells. And let me go back to, we talked about cancer before, right? a program. So and I talked about aneuploidy, which is just an imbalance in chromosome. And in every case, these uh, transformed cells that are part of the synovial lining and they form what's called the panis, all these cells just kind of bunch up together and they, and they now become in physical contact with this panis and these synovial cells come in physical contact with that white articular cartilage. And it's where those cells in that panis is in contact with the, with the articular cartilage. It's where the destruction begins. Those cells from the synovial, those synovial cells that have been transformed into cancer cells uh, secrete enzymes that we may have talked about the last time, these tissue-destroying enzymes, the collagenase, uh, the uh, cathepsins, cathepsin B, cathepsin L, cathepsin S, the cysteine proteases. All these little enzymes that I used to know intimately back in the eighties when I, when I was working with these things, when these enzymes, which are very useful, they have a role to play where your body has to re remodel and repair itself. But when they get loose, 
and when they get outside the cell or on the surface of cells, and if they com come in contact with normal tissue, they start degrading and destroying that normal tissue because they don't know what else to do. That's their job is if they see protein and they're in physical contact with it, they, they destroy it. Now, the thing, just to get a little bit technical, back when I was working on this stuff back in the 80s, the, as I said, the, the tissue destruction of the cartilage only happens where the panis, uh, which is just the enlargement of the uh, synovial lining, and it has all these transformed or, or cancerous or precancer cells, comes in physical contact with the, the cartilage. But only the cartilage that is in contact with that panis is degraded initially. Even though the enzymes are around and they can actually get into that that space there, the um, that synovial cavity space. But those enzymes, the pH in that area, in other words, see, it's a normally near neutral pH in that area, and these uh, these destructive enzymes, certainly the conceptions, are most active at low pH. And the only way they can keep that low pH is if the cells are in physical contact with that cartilage. And, and then when they're there, they have the pH of where the cells are. And now there's very, very active. And that's why you get so much destruction because the enzymes are at their optimal uh, uh, environment right there when they, when they uh, are physical contact with the cartilage. If you were to pull that away from the, car from the cartilage, the pants, the enzymes would no longer be able to degrade. All right, so that's, that's one thing about that. That was a mystery for people uh, uh, back in the days when, when we were, were looking at that, why, why was that happening? Why didn't you get uh, destruction uh, all over the cartilage? Well, you can after decades of arthritis. I mean, eventually that the joint space disappears, you know, and you have cartilage in contact with cartilage and the cells are all over it and you just get massive destruction. But it takes decades uh, to, to get to that point. Uh, so uh, now that's our... This is uh, arthritis. We're talking about rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, because of the tissue destruction in the joint, wherever you have tissue destruction uh, in mass like that, where you have all these different kinds of cells, you have an inflammatory response. It's natural. You, anytime you have a wound or an injury, you have your, uh, your, uh, your immune system comes in there, you have a natural inflammatory response. That inflammation is trying to repair the damage. You know, it doesn't mean that inflammation cannot uh, cause damage. It definitely can if there's no repair going uh, uh, underway. Part of the repair, for example, some of these enzymes that do destruction, like the, the enzymes I was telling you about, these proteases, uh, part of the repair is when they get material that is no longer of any, it's either dead or it's not any good or it's harmful. And they, these macrophages and these uh, uh, other cells will then engulf, engulf those things, put them inside the cells. And then those cells in these little vesicles uh, unleash all these proteases that cause the destruction of arthritis, and they digest it. But they digest it inside the cell and does, does do not, no harm. Mm. You see, that's... That's what these, these uh, enzymes like Cathepsin B, L, S, and all these other ones, 
they have a role to play, a natural role to play. In, in collagenase, they have a natural role to play it, uh, under controlled conditions and controlled environment. But when, when you have these transformed cells, and they're all aneuploid, they, they all have an abnormal uh, uh, number of chromosomes. Uh, and I'm not going to go into all the detail. You can go to a previous talk that we, we did about cancer and, and how the aneuploidy leads to all that, that destruction and everything. And, uh, but that's what's going on here. Is basically, our, our rheumatoid arthritis is cancer uh, of the joints. And it's almost certainly caused by carcinogens, just like almost all other cancers are caused by carcinogens. It's not, uh, it's not caused by an immune system that's gone out of whack. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, the immune system has a problem it cannot repair. And the fact that it cannot repair, it doesn't go away. So you get the inf inflammation there and you get all the soreness. And I know they say that it comes and goes, waxes and wanes with arthritis. That's what I, I learned when I was working with these guys, but it's, but it's inevitably progresses. And uh, that explains why if it's caused by carcinogens, it can affect the whole, the whole body or many yeah. joints rather than just an arthritic knee or a specific joint. It can affect. It's, uh, it's where, it's where those cells have, have the aneuploid cells can survive. You see the. The cells, the, the, all the different, you know, we talk about hundreds of different kinds of cancer, even though every one of them uh, has imbalanced chromosomes, but it's like you have lots of different kinds of tissues, even though every tissue has the same genome, you know, we have the same genes and everything. We have a lot of, almost all the same enzymes and everything, but it's like a symphony orchestra, you know, your symphony orchestra can play all different kinds of music, mm -hmm. the same or orchestra. So, uh, your, your biological systems, you, you know, can, uh, uh, you know, make a bone, make a heart, uh, make nervous tissue, even, even though it's all the same little things in there, but they're working together like, like a symphony orchestra and in coordination, you know, and, uh, so you have different environments and then you shouldn't be surprised that when you have something like a, a, a cancer cells forming in, in a brain tissue versus bone or versus lung or kidney or something, you should not be surprised that, that the, the, the consequent, even though it's tissue destruction in all cases, the, 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 the cancer cells are destructive cells in all cases, but you'll have, they'll, they'll play a different tune depending on the tissue they came from. In other words, I'm destroying the articular cartilage where I am here, you know, or I'm destroying the nerves in the brain or something. You, you see what I'm trying to say is that they, they think because there's so many different sites of cancer that the, that the causes of cancer must be different in every case. No, no. You can have different carcinogens. I absolutely agree with that. There's so many different kinds of carcinogens, but carcinogens will behave differently in different tissues. Some tissues will be exquisitely sensitive to a given carci carcinogen and other tissues won't be as for that given carcinogen. And other tissues, so you see what I'm saying? It's once any of these cancers, arthritis is a, is a cancer, any of these cancers, some of the, depending on the cancer, they have more efficient carcinogens than others. Uh, for example, radiation might be very, very strong in, in certain cancers where like uh, uh, aluminum or asbestos or something like that, 
and it, it like in the lung, especially with asbestos, uh, you know, it's a mechanical carcinogen. Then you could have chemical carcinogens that destroy, that disrupt the, your chromosomes. I mean, by breaking chromosomes up and radiation can do that. Certain types of chemicals can do that. And the, um, asbestos, uh, causes the imbalance in chromosomes by disrupting the separation of the chromosomes during the division of a cell, because these little spindle fibers get in there, mechanically interfere with the separation of chromosomes. Uh, so, uh, the things, so the, the thing that's been really puzzling people for God centuries is that they have all these different types of cancer, arthritis being one of them. And they talk about all these different types of arthritis, same difference. Because the, uh, the thing that rheumatoid arthritis and, and osteoarthritis have in common, they're aneuploid, which means they do not have the normal balanced set of 46 chromosomes it, it, that human cells do. They have an excess of chromosomes, an imbalance of chromosomes, just like all cancers do. And they progress at their very, very slowly. Uh, the, the arthritis can progress pretty fast. I mean, uh, it took se severe damage to fingers and joints and things, and it can kill people. One thing that I learned back in the eighties, when I was uh, traveling back and forth from California to Birmingham, Alabama, to where the arthritis experts were, I'd get, I'd be on the plane heading from San Francisco to Birmingham. And there'd be so many people on this airplane sitting next to me with, I guess I, I don't I need to show this. I'll unshare it now because I'm just discussing things right at the moment. Let me unshare. Oh, it's, you've unshared me. Good. Um, I was sitting on the plane with these people that had arthritis in their fingers and their arms and their necks. I mean, they were really, really worse arthritic people I've ever seen. Like my grandmother and other people, they would just complain about their fingers and their hands and stuff. But I had no idea how debilitating this stuff was. Mm -hmm. Until I went to uh, University uh, at the uh, at the University of Alabama, in Birmingham, and uh, there this had there, it was arthritis special facility there, mm -hmm. and these people would be on there. And uh, Dr. Stepan Guy was one of the experts there that I collaborated with, and I saw this devastation of arthritis. And it's also when I found out that that arthritis can kill people. It doesn't have near the mortality rate of of Different. All cancers have different, different pathology, different progressive rates. Like prostate cancer is is not nearly is is very very survivable. Colon cancer is very very survivable. Then you get pancreatic cancer or lung cancer or some of these others, especially when they metastasize, they can be very very lethal. There's a range, even though they're all cancers. There's a range of incapacities and, and the harm and the lethality of these things. Primarily because of the tissues involved, you know, and arthritis, it just so happens and it's very, very survivable, but it can be very, very debilitating, you know? So, uh, and also that this, and then even, so you have osteoarthritis and have rheumatoid arthritis, they're still aneuploid, they're still cancers and they can be precancerous at the beginning where there's no tissue invasion. It's just the cells proliferate. You so say, can that happen following injury? So osteoarthritis, so often, you know, my background's as a physio, so often the story is, you know, the rugby player that's now in his 50s or 60s, he's, he's got an arthritic knee because of right. a, you know, right. an injury when he was in his teens or his 20s. 
there's quite often seems to be a story of injury associated with a joint that ends up osteoarthritic. So presumably injury is damaging that synovial lining. Right. But not all injuries. Most injuries don't. Mm. Okay. I don't know the answer to that, but I, I tell you what I think. The, these things uh, are, most cancers you don't even know you have. We all have, I, I'm certain, I would, I would bet heavily that we all have cancer cells in us because all the radiation and stuff and the things, we, but, but cancer cells are very, as I discussed in the previous program, they're very damaged cells and very sick cells. They tend to die out on their own. And if they don't die, they just sort of sit there quietly. Uh, uh, and, and they don't have the ability to progress because they, they don't have the ability to invade, invade tissue and spread, give themselves room, room to divide. They have what's called contact inhibition. They, they might divide for a while and then stop once they can't, they have no more room to divide, but they sit there. For most precancers, that's precancer. And a lot of precancers are, are that way. Now, if something happens, for example, a biopsy, it is known that you can take a precancer and it's totally, it's not cancer, not invasive cancer, and you go in and do a biopsy. And once you do that, you have to break the tissue in order to get access to, to these precancerous cells, all right? And you do that and you analyze them. Sure enough, they're aneuploid, you know, but they're not frank cancer. They still look like normal cells for the most part, but if you look at their chromosomes, uh, you say, aha, they, these things are aneuploid. And it is known that once you break that barrier and you allow, allow these cells to divide, you know, now they can progress to frank cancer, you know, and, and then go on to cause, to cause real invasive cancer. That is known. It's rare, you know, but it's, it's published, documented, it's reported even in the medical literature, believe it or not, and they can't help it. They, they, they see it. They acknowledge it, that they know if they do a biopsy of a cancer or, or, or benign tumor, benign tumor, free cancers, or, or if it's a real cancer, they can cause it metastasize by going in there and just doing a biopsy. Uh, fortunately, most of those cells will die, it, it, you know, but not all of them, you know, and if you give, if you give, for example, these cells now room to progress, and if there's enough of them, and if they survive, they multiply and survive, those things will progress to cancer. Now, in this day and age, with these uh, COVID injections, we hear uh, this thing about um, uh, turbo cancer. You know, about means really rapid cancer. Why is it showing up all of a sudden in young people? You know, cancer takes decades of solitude to develop. But why all of a sudden, you know? Well, I think, personally, I think it's because they're just, they're damaging. They're not new cancers. They're old cancers. And you're damaging a healthy individual so much that you are allowing these uh, dormant tumors uh, in there that we all, I think we all have these things. And they, uh, then you allow them in an unhealthy person now proliferate. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and I think that may be getting back to how we got started on this osteoarthritis, you know, after you have an injury, you know, normally it doesn't turn into cancer, you know, but you know, and, 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 and progressive debilitation, for example, mm -hmm. like, uh, eroding tissue from, from the cells. My personal feeling is that probably cancer cells in there. And that injury freed them up, you know, and they can't heal. The healing process is not working properly. I don't know. I could be wrong, totally wrong mm -hmm. about that. But, but to address your question, uh, that, that if I was a 
going to investigate this, I would look into that. Mm. That's what I would now give you a chance to ask me more questions. So the difference then, I'm just wanting to clarify because the standard definitions that we all have of rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis, right. you're not comfortable with. So I'm still holding on to, rightly or wrongly, that osteoarthritis <laughs> tends to be a localized single joint, their arthritic knee, yeah. their arthritic shoulder, whereas rheumatoid arthritis tends to be much more systemic. Yeah, there's variations. I mean, there are people who only get arthritis in, in their hands or in the one hand, and, you know, and, and things like that, or throughout their whole body. And, and a rheumatoid arthritis can metastasize to other organs. You know, that's what thing a lot of people don't know. And it can cause death. I mean, it can metastasize just about anywhere. Like, but that, that's very, very rare, but it can do that. And um, so osteoarthritis, uh, it's in, like in the hips, right? Yeah. Like, well, it's what people have a hip replacement for or a knee replacement for very commonly. Right. I'm sure you've got friends that will grumble about an arthritic knee yeah, or yeah. an arthritic shoulder or something. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. And, uh, uh, all I know is the cells, the cells that are around there the, in the literature, when people actually look at it, they're precancer cells to cancer cells. So if they invade, if they invade their cancers. The precancerous, if they, if they're, they call them transformed, in other words, they lose the properties of the normal cell, but they're aneuploid, but they haven't matured to the point where they actually can secrete enzymes and, and dissolve the tissues that they're adjacent to. They so have to, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm understanding correctly then is the cellular, at a cellular level, we're not concerned about any difference between rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. They are the same cancerous yeah. condition. How somebody individually presents with their joint problems, again, is right. whether somebody is going to present with prostate cancer or lung cancer. It's, it's about the individual and what they've been exposed exactly. to. It's because of the particular location, it's particular tissue, the particular location of the, of the tumors. For you know, the hands are different from those hips and, you know, it, you know, it, it, even though these cancer cells, the, the ones who metastasize, for example, the various tissues, I forget how many billions of, uh, God, how many, uh, billions or even trillions, I think billions is the number of, uh, cells, uh, of cancer cells leave the tumor, but only one or two of them may settle someplace. They die out, you see, but there's so many of them, you know, and if it, if it keeps going, you know, even though almost all of them die, all you got to do is have one up, one up in your head or one in your lung or something like that out of billions that takes, it's like a seed. And then it, then it, uh, can then form a tumor at those, at those places. Now, the, the thing of it is, is that the cancers from different tissues tend to metastasize to different other tissues. They're not also specific, but they sort of have a, a, a range of specificities or organs or places where they're more likely to homestead that than cancer from, from other tissues. They can cross over, but they certainly, they, it, it's acknowledged. And let me tell you how uh, we mentioned this last time, how you can definitely definitively identify, uh, uh, a metastasis by looking at the chromosomes, the so-called marker chromosomes, if you have a primary tumor and you've had these sort of Frankenstein chromosomes that 
over the decades were broken different chromosomes and stitched back together to make a unique chromosome that even though no two cancer cells are alike, all the, all the tumor cells that came from the same origin will have that same marker chromosome, even though the combination of chromosomes are, are, are different, like a deck of cards. And you can see, if you see that marker chromosome that is so unique in other tumors, the odds of it coming, uh, every one of these marker chromosomes is unique and different. So the, the odds that it came from um, a new tumor are virtually zero. It had to be a metastasis. By, by looking, by looking at the chromosomes, it's like looking at fingerprints, you know. But what I'm also understanding and learning from you, David, is all of these diagnostic labels that we have for tissue, destroying diseases, conditions, illnesses, whatever, and the whole industry behind each and every one where everyone has a support group and professionals that niche in it is really unnecessary because it's about the cellular wellness of the whole person that's not optimal. That's true. And it's individual dependent too. Yeah. And uh, they, we need to get good experienced healthcare workers who can specialize in areas, understanding the gen generality, you know, I mean, once, you know, somebody might be a really good expert in arthritis, you know, understand it and not know, even though it's a cancer, and not know anything about how to treat, treat lung cancer, which is a cancer. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, but they but they may have, uh, the key is non-toxic approaches uh, to deal with it. As I said, we all, I would be willing to bet a huge amount of money if I had a huge amount of money, that we all have tumor cancer cells in us. Probably really small. You couldn't, you couldn't see them, but they're there, just sitting there. And they, uh, the thing is, is that they're, not viable, hardly viable at all, or they're, or they're just sitting there and they'll eventually just die out like most of our cells do at a particular time anyway. So, uh, you, to, you don't need these drugs. You, you see, the cancer cells are wimpy cells. These arthritic cells are wimpy cells, just like all cancer cells all are. And the less healthy the individual you, you, what you do, you know, up here, the upper hand up here is a measurement of the health of the individual. And the lower hand is the measure of the, of the tumor or the cancer cell or arth arthritic cell or whatever. Right. Once you decrease that distance, relative, relative health, you know, then the, the, the cancer has a better opportunity mm -hmm. to survive. The key is, is to, is to improve the general health of everybody. Anybody don't care if it's lung cancer, I don't care, kidney cancer, if it's arthritis or what the disease is, I don't care what the disease is. Do not depress their health where they're at. Add to it. Make their health, do not let their health be depressed. You know, the best thing they've got going to cure themselves is their own well-being, general well-being. And, and what the general therapies, for example, radiation and cancers, chemotherapies, all those things, they, guess what? They, they make that gap go just like that on the order of weeks, you know, where, where you're basically killing the cancer and the patient at the same time, just not at the same rate. Yeah. And, and then once you take them off the drugs, unfortunately, those cancer cells can come back. You take the stress off of them. You can't get them, kill all of them without killing the patient with those drugs. 
then they can start proliferating. And now they proliferate in, in better soil because your immune system doesn't work so well now. The person that they're living in now is not nearly as capable of defeating the cancer as it was before they started taking the chemo or the radiation. And I think this is, a, if we can use this principle in healthcare in general, build up the health and the strength of the individual. Don't do anything to depress that health or that strength. That means think about it. Think all the logical things, the diet, exercise, uh, uh, variable experiences in life. Everything that makes a good, healthy person healthy should make a, a, a sick person healthy too. You know, yeah. you, you have to do it right, but I think that's the approach. And people could do that with arthritis. They could do it with lung cancer. They do it with all these other sorts of things. That's my personal, uh, I, I don't have any experience doing that. That's my personal hypothesis about this. And also when I look at the, these natural healers, you know, basically that's what they're doing. They're supporting uh, a healthy uh, individuals trying to maintain their health as much as possible. So they heal themselves. You know, no doctor's ever really healed anybody. You heal yourself. I mean, they cut into you and take something back out and put the bones together. Sure. But guess who does the healing? You do. So arthroscopies and joint replacements are not on your list of uh, treatment options for arthritis is what I'm, I'm hearing. Only if the joint's totally destroyed already. And you, you want to get some little movement in the elbow or something like that because there's nothing to repair there. You know, there's no cartilage. Don't let it get that far. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like, to me, that's like somebody's gone out and you have to amputate a limb when it gets that far. But if it's working, you know, don't injure it anymore. Yeah. Keep it working, preserve it. And stay away from drugs. These drugs depress your health. You know, I don't mean, I'm talking about the pharmaceutical drugs, you know, stay away from those pharmaceutical drugs. And, uh, but nutrition and, uh, I tell you, when I was in California, I used to go up to, uh, uh Seattle quite a lot. And there was a natural, naturopathic college up there. And, uh, I went there several times. I really was impressed with those folks, how really knowledgeable they were. And the, 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 I guess decades or centuries worth of knowledge. You, know, you walk through, you walk through the building, all these plaques and all these little things on the wall, information for. 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, you know, that are still viable. They have all these plants that they talk about, you know, and, and how these people, uh, you know, learn how to treat things that, that the phys physicians are treating without cutting them open and without poisoning them, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I really recommend that, that kind of approach. So much knowledge that has been lost that is perhaps starting to be dug out and sought out as people are starting to ask questions and getting rather cynical about the industry and thinking, what can they do to help themselves? Well, one of the, uh, the, the things that yeah, this COVID scam has actually been a blessing in disguise. You know, it's absolutely a blessing in disguise. I mentioned it before. I said it, it, it's the so all these wonderful people that you get to get to meet that you never would otherwise clarity about what's going on in a whole lot of areas that you never ever like in economics. I'm learning so much about economics and about all these other fields that I'm have no background in, you know, because we're open about it and we're talking, we're communicating uh, with each other about this stuff. And the other thing, the 
third, the third thing that I learned is a blessing in disguise is that there are so many people out there, believe it or not, that know how to do the right thing already do, but they, they haven't had, you know, any real voice, you know, they do it on a local scale here and there, you know, and it works great. We have to give these people more voices, give them a voice, you know, to the, the ones that working on arthritis with, you know, in a natural sort of way that actually works. You know, without hurt hurting the person, you know, I really honestly got believe we have we have to search these people out and look for them. I see new ones all the time, you know, because I I'm in front of this crazy computer all the time trying to keep track of what's going on. Lo and behold, I learned something new and fascinating that I never even had a clue, uh, you, you know, was out there. These wonderful people that know stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we have to make them more visible and help them. We don't have to do it from scratch. I think some things we do, you know, but there are people out there that know how to deal with arthritis. There are people out there that know how to deal with cancer. There are people out there that know how to do all kinds of things. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very, very much, David. And I also think as the whole narrative, the mainstream narrative has become more and more like a B-rated or C-rated movie, the yes. more people are starting to question from whatever angle they're coming at it from with their own knowledge that hang on the story doesn't quite stack and uh so there's a positive shift i'm hoping on the back of all of this negativity that we've been experiencing you're probably feeling uh, experiencing some of this right people that you talk to and uh you know boy what about that i know you did with cancer you know but i mean probably from all different directions yeah exactly yeah, and you, I think, a lot more open to different perspectives because it's like once one narrative no longer makes sense, you're like, well, hang on a minute. If everything I believe is not quite true, well, you know, you're more curious. You're able to come at things with more curiosity and more open-mindedness, I think. Yeah, and, and question and look for the evidence. And just because I say something, don't take my word for it, you know? It, it, it's what I know, what I think, you know, and what I've learned. And... You know, a lot of, I'd say 80, 90% of the stuff that I used to think I knew or understood is wrong, you know, over, over the decades when I, uh, uh, developing, thank God I have the ability to change my mind. You know, that's the key and to investigate and, and, uh, uh, you know, you, you look at evidence, evidence stares you in the face. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be specially educated or anything. The evidence is out there, you know, it, the simple stuff that's important to people is there. You go weigh it for yourself and to see if it makes sense or if it doesn't. I'm certain that's true. I think you're right. And trusting your gut leads to gut. different places. I heard a very interesting conversation with uh, Tom Cowan, who was describing, first of all, don't worry about finding the truth. Just get rid of the junk. Start finding, you know, get rid of the stuff, that, the untruths you've been that, holding on to. Very good advice. Um, Very good advice. That will peel away a lot of stuff. Yep. Well, mo most of my professional life was throwing stuff away. <laughs> yeah. 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 Started in the middle eighties, by the way. <laughs> yeah. When I started w waking up, there's something wrong out here, you know? And then I started looking into it. Sheesh. Front loads of stuff I got rid of. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time and for sharing that, because I'm sure that's very reassuring to some listeners who have a moment of feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe what I've been swallowing and believing for 
however long. And uh, we, we all have to have our own story on our own journey of figuring things out along the way. And uh, everybody's time frame and story is different in that. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast valuable, here are four ways I can help you grow your practice for free. Firstly, visit www.marklandmethod.com forward slash grow. There you'll find access to the free Profit Without Pills program. You'll also have opportunity to register for the free web class, the triage call, and you'll be able to sign up for the weekly email newsletter where you get hints and tips on how to create a profitable and sustainable practice. And finally, please leave a five-star review so I can get access to influential people and speakers and bring them here so that they can share their lessons with you.